0: I'm Scott, and welcome to Episode 9, Series 2 of Child in Time, Growing Up in the 60s. This time, we're going to be talking about all things space. Before I start, can I ask you, can you name the planets in order from the closest to the sun to the furthest, if not, this is an easy way to remember. You can just use this mnemonic, oh, well, specifically this acrostic. My very easy method just set up nine planets. My, Mercury, very, Venus, easy, Earth, method, Mars, just, Jupiter, set, Saturn, up, Uranus, Nine, Neptune, planets, Pluto. Easy. Okay. Yes, Pluto has been demoted by some academic bodies who say it does not meet the criteria of being a planet because of its size. Personally, and not just for the sake of our acrostic, I think it should be called a planet. Leave Pluto alone. It's way out there in space, poor little guy. Okay. Space travel and the space race. And a race it was. And it was all new and exciting in the 1960s. The space race was part of the Cold War between the USA and the Soviet Union. Bragging rights were very much at stake as well as the military and defence implications of one being ahead of the other. It all essentially essentially began in 1957 when the Soviets launched the satellite Sputnik. Sputnik is Russian for traveller. Sputnik was the first man-made object to be placed in the Earth's orbit. In 1958, the USA launched Explorer 1, and the space race was well and truly on. In April 1961, the Russian cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin became the first person to orbit the Earth. And in February 1962, John Glenn was the first American to go into orbit. Later that year, the then U.S. President, John Kennedy, made the bold claim that the U.S., would put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And they did. They put two guys there, in fact. The space program gained momentum as the 60s progressed, with new technology preceding spacewalks, communication satellites, and sending out unmanned probes to other parts of the solar system. It was all leading up to Apollo 11, and someone setting foot foot on something other than the planet Earth, that is, the moon. You may or may not know that Neil Armstrong blew his lines when he took that historic last step from the ladder onto the lunar surface. He said, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, he meant to say, that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Although, maybe we could forgive him for being a wee bit nervous. While the greater majority of those who listen to this podcast are not current or former astronauts or cosmonauts. Uh, If you are, welcome. Every one of us has had the space programs of the 1960s positively impact our lives. As a direct result of all the inventions required for space travel, we have and we enjoy things from the following list, and this list is far from exhaustive. We have mobile phone cameras, foil blankets... Home insulation, cordless power tools, freeze dried food, memory foam, baby formula, cat scanners, computer mice, wireless headsets, much better car tyres, precision GPS, cochlear implants, aerodynamics swimsuits, and WD-40. Now, as a child in the 1960s, about the only direct impact I got from all the innovation was eating what was really a forerunner of energy bars. They were called space food sticks, and you got them at the supermarket. In the US, I think they had lots of flavours, but in Australia, we only had the chocolate and caramel varieties of these dark, fudgy, short strips made up of made up of, uh, look, I really got no idea what was in them, and I, I really tried to find out on the web, but not. They lasted on the market until the 1980s, when interest in eating like an astronaut had waned somewhat. And for children, any children listening today, look, you have not missed out on anything by not consuming space food sticks, at best, they were just okay. The space race had a big impact on popular culture. Movies like Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. There was Planet of the Apes and Barbarella. Just with 2001, I am a huge Stanley Kubrick fan, admittedly. But if you haven't seen... 2001, A Space Odyssey, you really should. It's a mesmerising film that stands up to repeated viewings. I don't know how many times I've seen it. And by the way, the first scene in the recent film, Barbie, is a homage to the iconic opening scene of 2001. It really is a cinematic masterpiece. That's 2001, a space Odyssey. I'm talking about, not Barbie. But please, when you watch 2001, don't watch it on your phone. Do it justice by watching it on a big screen TV at an absolute minimum. Okay, so uh, in the 60s, more space-themed things we had on television... There was Star Trek, The Outer Limits, The Jetsons, Doctor Who, My Favourite Martian, and Lost in Space. And in things like Star Trek and Lost in Space, most aliens, they all seem to speak with American accents. And uh, every single alien planet visited turned out to have breathable air. And the aliens not only spoke English, but had roughly humanoid form, which was very handy. As of the time of this recording, which is in early 2024, there have not been any confirmed evidence of alien life forms. However, there have been hundreds of instances of what is now termed unidentified anomalous phenomena. And that term covers everything that can't be explained, whether it's in the air, sea, or on land. Do you believe in aliens? And if they are real, I just hope that they're a bit friendlier than that one in the film, Alien, that came out in 1979. You remember that scene when No, I'm not going to explain that scene, but you know the one I mean. And there were space scene things on the radio. There was the big instrumental hit in the early 60s, uh, Telstar. And also there was Space Oddity by David Bowie. Yes, it was a hit in the USA in 1972, but it was released in 1969. Yeah, I do have quite a few listeners who are quick to point out any real or imagined errors in this podcast, both in regards to facts and even some supposed grammatical errors. Yep. Thank you. I do appreciate it. But I'm right about Bowie. I watched the moon landing. On a sunny July afternoon in our school hall at my high school, several hundred students and teachers watch history unfold, all of us straining to see the one regular sized black and white TV screen set up on the stage at the front. Yeah. But there are still millions of people, literally millions who believed that the moon landings were fake. Hmm. There was estimated to be roughly 400,000 people involved in the Apollo program to land men on the moon. Are all 400,000 of them keeping a secret? And if it was fake, I think the Soviets might have had a comment or two to make about that. Also, uh, I think we, uh, yeah, talking about UFOs, there's a quote from the science fiction author, Arthur C. Clarke. He said, Two possibilities exist. Either we are alone in the universe, or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. Hmm. Some years ago, I was at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. It's a fascinating way to spend a day. And when you, if ever you go there, you have to see whatever is showing in the big IMAX theater there. The day I was there, they were showing The Lion King. No, just kidding. Now, they they show the most spectacular vistas of deep space that you'll ever see. It's great. And uh, most days, there is an ex-astronaut rostered on that you can meet and talk to at a table set up in the facility gift shop. I don't remember the name of the astronaut I met, because there's been quite a few hundred. But I did recall that he was on one of the space stations. He was up there for quite a while. I asked him a question. I said, Sir, I have read that when up in space, where one has the unearthly privilege of seeing the planet from space, in all its green and blue glory, where there are no borders to see, no countries in different colours, just a beautiful, fertile planet... It's reported that this can change a person's perspective entirely about the world and how we're all on this spinning globe together and that we should all just get along. I was wondering, sir, when you were up there, did you have any profound insights or experiences? He thought for a moment and then replied. Nah. Thanks for listening. The final episode in this current series will again be a question and answer episode. So please keep those questions coming in about anything at all, and I'll answer them when we talk next time. Bye.